0: Hey y'all, are you ready to kick off the new year with a new episode of Rolling Dice and Taking Names? Why? Just kidding. In this episode, the guys tell us about the games Tavanoussi, Dom Pierre, The Hunger, and Seven Wonders Architect.
1: Plus, they count down the 10 best-selling games on Miniature Market. And at the end of the show, you will get details on the first virtual RDTN Con. Welcome to another episode of Rolling Dice and Taking Names, the first episode of the year 2022. The name of this episode is Here We Go Again. My name is Marty. And I'm Tony. And it just hit me. I had all this great knowledge and trivia I was gonna dump on you about White Snake. But here we go again is not White Snake, that's Here I Go Again. So I have no trivia for this song whatsoever.
0: Well, did I choose the wrong song? Is that actually a song? Here we go again. I would hate to start off 2022 with the incorrect song. I think it's by the Isley Brothers. I think. Let's. Well, we need to check that. I'm not starting off the year paying
1: $5. But by the way, <laughs> Miniature Market was very kind and restocked our $5 gift cards <laughs> to give away for 2022. So a big thank you to a Miniature Market for that.
0: Uh, here we go again. Uh, let's see. Here we go again. Uh, Demi Lovato. I'll tell you what, start over with Here I Go Again.
1: Hello, welcome to uh, Rolling Dice and Taking Names. This episode is called Here I Go Again. So, And
0: I know a lot of people were thinking, oh, they did come back. <laughs> they, they took a break, but they did show up. So we are. We are here for 2022, and hopefully it's going to be a strong year for Rolling Dice and Taking Names. I'm ready to get started. Are you? Well, Can I, can I dump my, my white snake knowledge right now? Fine, since we changed the title. Yeah, go for it.
1: Yay! I loved this album when it came out in the 80s. Uh, It was just called Whitesnake. Do you remember all the great videos that David Coverdale did with, uh, was it Tony Katane? Sure.
0: I I remember the videos. I don't remember the name. She was the model. Is that correct? Yeah. And she was on
1: the hood of the car. Remember that famous video? Yes. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, so I didn't know this. So one of my favorite songs from them was In the Still of the Night, which also came off that album. There's an instrumental section in the beginning, in the middle of the song. That in the video, the guitar player is like strumming a guitar with a violin bow. Hmm. And so I thought that's the way it was played. It was not. Listening to one of these uh, episodes uh, from Christian Hand, who breaks down uh, songs and stuff, he went through that song. It's actually a synthesizer. i was like, oh. oh, I thought it was a lot cooler if it was a guitar strummed with a violin bow, but. It's actually a synthesizer They're just making the string sounds in the middle of the song during the solo. Okay, that's that's all the knowledge I had. It really wasn't worth uh, the the wait for that. So, yes, uh, 2022. Here we are. I'm excited to begin
0: this year. I mean, it's been, let's say, uh, the Christmas holidays were a good break, sort of, kind of, maybe. And uh, we're just going to leave it at that. Um, we got a, a game in, got a game in with the family I'm excited mm. to talk about that later in the show. And we also, we got our surveys. We're back. We congratulate. Uh, we'll do the winners later. But I do want to make a correction from the show when we talked about Tony's box of crap that's going out. Okay. First off, they're not crap. It's just it's just a figure of speech, y'all. I don't want any publisher to get upset with it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs>
1: plain and simple. Because I can just see now, uh, uh, congratulations, you won the box of crap.
0: Yay. There's good games in there. There's some great games in there. But I will say, Marty, I I didn't run this by you, but I was able to make four boxes. So I've got four going out. What? Well, I didn't do the big air fryer box like you did that your air fryer came in. Okay. So I had a bunch of uh, smaller um, miniature market boxes that came in and I was able to get three games in it. And I said, let's
1: just go with that. Why not spread the wealth of crap? So this is amazing. So we're actually giving away a lot more prizes than what we thought we were. Absolutely. And the reason
0: why I'm clarifying is because one of the games I, we finished up uh we know we did Vienna Connection. So I'm sh- I'm sending that one out. And I don't want Ignacy to be offended by that. But I mean there's no reason for us to play it. Sure. You know, yeah, because we're, we're, yeah, we're done. We finished right? it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that's one of the that's definitely the person I don't want to upset because he's awesome.
1: Yeah, uh, yes, he is.
0: Did you see his uh, one video, his vlog, where he had ugly, ugly sweater on?
1: He's had several of those ugly sweaters. So he and I are playing a game of Nef- Nevsky remotely. And uh, for like every day he was wearing that ugly sweater. I was like, is that like the only sweater you own now? So uh, yeah, but he's he's been, I've been enjoying playing that with him. And in fact, uh, we're going to get one more game under our belt. And he's agreed to do a review Uh, With me for the game, Nevsky. Okay, you have dogs over there. Where where is this coming from? My daughter brought her
0: dogs home for um, Christmas. If I close the door, she's going to sit there and whine outside the door. If she hears a noise, she might bark. She's not as well behaved as Taz. You got to live with it. You won't be able to edit it out. I'm trying not to talk when you can edit it out.
1: I hear bells. Can you take the bells off the leash? (laughs) That's not not bells off her.
0: That's her little, just one little name tag. My gosh.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wow we are starting out the year great i don't maybe we won't get through the year 10 who knows yeah we will
0: we'll make it man there is no exit strategy we are here for the
1: long run anyway so he has agreed to come on and do a review of nevsky uh when we're when we're done with that but yes i've enjoyed his uh christmas sweaters <laughs> so some of the comments we 're going to get into from our survey was like you guys go off topic way too easily there 's a prime example of that right there. We mm-hmm. squirrel uh real, really bad around here, so you said you got some uh, games in. Is it uh, anything exciting
0: so we 're going to begin a new segment, so we 're sorry for those of you
1: who put oh there 's a new pants. segment that 's not in the show notes. What else is the name of this segment? Do I need to make a cool bumper i 'll do a cool bumper yes it 's called the marty 's in your wallet. <laughs> I told you I was going to do this. So, hold, on, Bert, hold on, Bert did a great I, job. <laughs> okay, I've got to do some sort of intro for that. Okay, all right. I'll put something do together p- and I'll put it right here. Borders in your wallet. Make
0: Marty's in your wallet. That's right. We see this on the Discord channel. We see this in my real life. We see this everywhere, even with their game group. It's not that he's taking money. He is making you spend it. So it's Marty is in your wallet. He does it to you on video games. Chevy Dodd, good friend of ours. He is constantly dropping some um, Nintendo eShop dollars on some games. Marty's like, oh, you got to go play this. You should go play this. So we know how that rolls. But for me, we are on this Magic Commander thing going on in our lives. And he said, I'll just go out, you know, go buy you a commander deck. They're only $40. Well, one deck's not going to do me any good over the holidays, right? Oh, you didn't, you'd have some, need somebody to
1: play with. Correct. Yes.
0: Right. Yeah. So I went out and I said, okay, fine. I'll pick up the, these two decks. They look, they're green. We'll get them to the table. So Rebecca and I sat down, we played a little bit of this before we got distracted by what you just heard, the dogs needing our attention. But anyway, we're playing it. Fun, yes, but once again, it reminds me of that magic that didn't grab me—that beatdown. I enjoyed it. I like only having the one cards, but you know, I thought, was well, this going to grab me again? And Marty would be constantly in my wallet. But I know you've been playing a ton with the boys, haven't you?
1: Yeah. Here's the thing. You need to play four player. Four players is where where the game, because it just gets even more insane. You just got to understand, you're going to say like, that card's OP. This sucks. Why did this happen? That's just the nature of the game. And when you're playing four player, it can get some crazy stuff can start happening.
0: And I see that because in the two player mode, it was just pretty much the same thing, beating each other down.
1: Yes. Right. Yeah. So in in a four player game, it's like, well, who am I going to beat down? Who's the biggest threat? I don't want to be seen as the biggest threat. So maybe I don't want to play this card this time because if I do, everybody's going to come after me. Maybe I want to hold it till I'm in a better position later on. So there's a little bit of more of bluffing and mind games going on in a four player game.
0: Okay. Well, I hope that I can't wait to try them out and I'll have to have the names left me of the two green decks that I got off of Amazon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for under $40, so I was real happy. And they came there within two days, so no issues on the shipping or anything, so I was able to play it. I am going to try it um, with my daughter's boyfriend when he comes to visit and see what he thinks of it. He never played Magic, and you know he's in his mid-20s. So I was like, really? You never played Magic? He's like, no, I've never played it. So this will be interesting to see his take on the game.
1: My boys are very much into it right now. I actually got them for Christmas a lot of Magic accessories and stuff. Like uh, for Miniature Market, I got them the nice card case, the square card case for holding a bunch of uh, deck boxes, got them a bunch of sleeves, a play mat, and then a $25 gift card to TCG player, which is an online uh, site for ordering magic cards. Mm-hmm. And so what they do is they go out there and they buy their individual cards to make their decks from there.
0: It was the uh, Zendikar Rising um, deck, ZNC. Mm-hmm. I don't know what any of that means.
1: Uh, I'm unsure. sure. People who, who play magic go, oh, that's using the commander such as such. You know, all the combinations the color combinations have certain names, right? So if you have a deck of like red, blue, that is a name. There's a name for that color oh combo. Really? Yeah. So every color combination has a name. Somebody say, oh, I'm playing a such and such deck. And you're supposed to know, okay, that includes these colors. Wow. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's it for the um, one one thing. The Marty in the wallet segment, it will continue throughout the year. I, I didn't buy any video games or anything from you telling me to go buy them so i don't have to worry about that or any other games this uh holiday season but that is the one thing i'd love to hear what marty got how marty got into your wallet over the holiday so by all means <coughs> post some comments in our <laughs> discord channel
1: <laughs> oh yeah in fact it's our discord channel where people somebody posted it, i can't remember who made the uh Bert. The image was it Bert? Bert-, Bert? Yeah, how like a person opening a wallet. My face is inside the wallet. It is, and as I've been doing that for a few decades now, I guess ever since Lord of the Rings. Absolutely, that's okay. I may have actually started before that. I mean, I think I actually said, "Hey, Tony, there's this game called Starcraft. Y'all check it out." Or Bubble Bottle. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, Why don't you yeah. go get that for the Vic, for the Commodore 128? Sure, why not? I am really bad at that. So, the bad thing about the Christmas break that we had is you and I didn't get together to play a lot of games at all. So, it's kind of like we've been playing some stuff on our own. One thing I did get to play with a couple of guys that you weren't able to make that night was a new game from Renegade Games called The Hunger. Speaking of magic, this game is designed by Richard Garfield, oh. who designed Magic. Now, when you look at this game, you're going to think, oh, okay, so this is a vampire-themed game, okay, okay, and you're uh, on a board, and there's a castle at the top, okay, there's paths going out from the castle, and you're trying to go out into the forest and the into the the plains and everything, and you're trying to hunt humans, and when you get a human, you get victory points, and then you need to get back to the castle before the sun rises, or basically there's a, like a game clock. You need to get back to the castle before the clock uh, runs out. Are you going to die? And you don't get any points. And it's a deck building game. It's from Renegade Games, so immediately you're going to think, that sounds a lot like Clank.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It
1: sound, when you were telling me about this, I was getting very intrigued because I enjoy some Clank. Let's just look at base game of Clank alone. Base game of Clank just dungeon delving. Uh, you're starting at the uh, entrance of the dungeon. You're trying to go into dungeon. You're, you're deck building. You have some cards that you can move with. You have some cards that you can buy with. You have some cards you can fight with. You're going down. You're fighting monsters. You're trying to pick up treasure tokens that'll give you victory points. And when you move, you can generate clank, which is uh, basically uh, noises that cubes are put into a bag. You know, you pull them out, the the dragon wakes up, he attacks you, etc. So there's that whole concept of the pulling cubes out of the bag and you have to get out of the castle and be able to score your points. If you don't, you don't score any points. This game is a lot like that in that it's a deck building game and you need to get back before the game's over. You don't score any points. What doesn't exist is this whole noise mechanism. The whole bag, the whole clank thing doesn't exist at all. So that's one thing that's not even there. One thing that I really, really like about this game is you only have one resource that you use for moving and for buying things. When you play your cards into the table, you count up the number of resources or value of cards that you have and say if it's five, you can spend that five any way you want. You can move one, spin four, move three, spin two. So you don't have to try to mix and match different types of resources into your deck to get what you want. Because I remember in Clank there were times it's like, I just need a couple of footsteps. Please can mm-hmm. I draw a couple of footsteps to get there? Ah, I didn't draw anything. Crap. You know, mm-hmm. that that mm-hmm. sort of deal. The way they do the market is really interesting. The market is basically you're either hunting humans, which give you victory points. Or you're getting things like familiars or animals that can help you in your hunt that are like permanent. They're out on the table all the time and they can help you out. And the market's really cool because all the cards are worth either three, two, or one. When you put cards into the market, there's a column of three-point value cards. If nobody buys those, the next round, they shift to the two-point value. Nobody buys those, they shift to the one-point value. And then they just start collecting on the one point value. You could have a stack of five cards in the one point column and you can buy them all for one. But here's the kicker. Humans that give you victory points have zero value in helping you move or buy stuff. So they're actually the dead weight in your deck. So you, I told you, Tony, you said you felt like Dominion. You know, the mm-hmm. uh, what's the, uh, the victory point cards? I can't remember yeah. what they're. I don't remember the victory point cards that yeah. help you win the game. Yeah. But they have they have no other purpose, and they clog up your deck. So you don't want those early in the game, right? Right. Yeah. You want to be able to move fast, move quick, or, or be able to get the right cards. Right. So what's cool in this game is when you start collecting these humans, there's different types of humans. There's humans that are from a monastery or from a village. On the map, if you happen to stop at one of those locations, and you have one of those types of humans in your hand or in your discard pile you call them out of your deck. Mm. So they're still worth victory points. You've already scored the victory points, but now they're not clogging up your deck anymore. So part of the game is when you hunt humans is try to make sure that you can get them out of your deck by certain positions on the board. This is really cool too. The further you get away from the castle, the more valuable the humans are. Because whenever you are collecting human, you get additional victory points if you're like in the forest zone, which is really, really far away. And at the very end of the path, you remember in Clank at the very bottom, you had the big old treasure chest. Mm-hmm. Well, at the very end of the path, you got a high amount of victory points. So you want to try to get there and then try to run back to the castle. When I played the game, I thought there's no way I'm going to get to the end. Uh, the uh, Bert and Mark were getting victory points. I'm going to turn around and hightail it back. So I start hightailing it back to the castle. As I'm going back, I'm trying to buy some humans and stuff to get me some points as I go along. And it's and then Bert and Mark, go, holy crap! And they're trying to run back. And it's and there's different. This is cool too. There's different paths. There's a short path that gets you to the end quicker to get victory points, but there's not as many things on that path to help you out. There's also these gold cards that you can get. Uh, which uh, like end of game scoring uh, sort of deal. Those aren't on the short path to get to the end. They're on the long path. And there's these little individual tokens like in Clank that you can use to spend to help you move quick or something like that. You could pick up uh, along the way, but that's on the path that has a lot of stops to get to the end, as opposed to the path that has very few stops. So there's multiple choices, which paths that you take. And so anyway, so I'm trying to run back to the end. I actually get back to the end. Somehow Burt, has this extra, he has a token that lets him move one extra time at the end. He happens to pull a high value card. He happens to dive into the castle right at the very end before the sun comes up. Mark burns to a crisp. (laughs) And uh, because uh, Bart was able to get back, he was able to score all of his points. He ended up winning. But it was really, really cool. And afterwards, Mark said, can I borrow this and play it with my friends? I said, sure. And he played it a couple of times with his family and they absolutely loved it. Here's the thing, this game I think I might like a little better than Clank. And a lot
0: of Clank has, and they, they fix some of the calling aspect of it, mm-hmm. and some of the bad pulls on the bag, maybe some of the reasons why you don't like Clank as much, and here you're not dealing with that randomization. The right. randomization is in the cards and how the cards come out. Not having to deal with footsteps versus, um, and I forget what the other resource was in Clank. I definitely remember footsteps and having put cubes in the bag. It's been a while since I've played Clank. Of all those aspects you just talked about, what was probably the highlight of the game you think for you? The
1: highlight of the game was the fact there's only one resource for moving and buying. Okay. that I just thought it just makes buying stuff so much easier. The permanents that come into play uh, when you go to the market and you buy a card, that's why the... You're wondering, why not just buy all those? I told you in the market, you could have a whole stack of cards that are only worth one. Here's the thing. There might be a lot of humans in there that give you victory points, but that's a lot of humans that's going to be clogging up your deck. Mm-hmm. That's probably not going to allow you to get back. to I mean, if at the end of the game, you're trying to run back to the castle and you draw a hand of five humans, they're all value zero. You're not moving. Okay. At the end of every round, you move up on the round marker. When the round mark gets to the end, it's over. However, uh, if you're the first person to get back, you get a huge victory point bonus. The second person gets a little bit less victory points, that sort of deal. It's, it's, so it still has the push your luck of Clank, but with a lot less randomization. The theme is really cool. Uh, again, it has ways for in-game scoring. We can get some uh, bonuses for in-game scoring that people may not know how you're going to score. Or get your extra points. The market's interesting. Uh, how it works of cards coming in always at a value of three and then decreases the value as it goes, as as if nobody buys them worth. I I really want you to try this game Uh, again from mitigate games. It fits right in their clank universe, but it's different enough from clank that I think people should check it out.
0: And I think with the one resource, it'll be easier to explain to people about how to buy or move. That's one of the things, you know, you struggle with Ascension or, um, some of the other deck builders that we played in. Why am I drawing a blank on all the deck builders out there? Cause I love the games, but it's one of those things. Okay. This source means this, this source means that this is how, you know, power and you just got to keep that straight and how that comes into play. And if you clog up your hand along with that, but with that one resource, it'll be easy for me to say, you can either, once you spend it, just get those cards that way. So you don't count them again for your move. Was there any chance on any of the cards or actions After you spent in the market, if there was a card that said, oh, double this amount of resource, did it do any of that? I could see like I have five of this resource and I needed, I could double it to go to 10, you know, some of the games.
1: Yeah. So all the cards had also additional text at the bottom with different abilities that could trigger. So when you play, uh, there may be additional text abilities that trigger at the bottom.
0: But, you know, in a normal deck builder, it's like, okay, I, I spent this amount of power and I could still count it towards other things. Mm-hmm. You know, once it was spent, is this one of those things I've spent it? I can't use it now. No. I'll be, yeah, I'll be, I'm not making myself clear here. It's, you know, it's early in 2022. I'll get a lot more foggy as we progress through the year. <laughs> so let's just move on. You enjoyed the game. I need to play it. Um, sounds intriguing. I mean, the theme, you know, I know my wife's not a big vampire fan, but she loves Here's Clank.
1: Thing. Look at the art. So the art reminds me very much of Werewolf. You know how the latest, uh, yeah. like Ultimate Werewolf, very cartoony, yeah. big caricature type thing. That's exactly the same art style okay. here. I don't have blood driven like we have. No, 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 no. It's very, uh, very comical, family friendly, 100%. The Hunger, family friendly. It plays two to six players, which is really good. About 60 minutes, which is about right, which I think is a good link for this style of game. Okay. So, not the artwork of Rivals. No, 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 <laughs> no. For also from Renegade Games, totally different artist, I would think, at this point. Yes. Could <laughs> you imagine Rivals on this game? That would be funny.
0: Well, probably one of the shortest games I've ever played. Um, we played Seven Wonders Architect. Been reading Ooh. a lot of, yeah, been reading a lot of good and bad about this game. I'm telling you, there's two camps here they like or they don't like. My family enjoyed playing this game. All you're doing is building a wonder. First thing, Marty, when you open Seven Wonders Architect, you know, Asmodee, you've got these, not game trays, but cases where you're supposed to put the wonders after you punch them out. And each wonder has its own special resource deck. Okay. Okay. Best part of this whole thing is they got stickers. So I've got to put, I've got to put stickers on these cases just Seven of them. No big deal. Okay. All
1: right. All right. So it's not like a, 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 a railroad game where you're like sticking. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sticking every little piece of wooden token
0: everywhere. Right. You no. Know. So, so, but what's really nice is each of it's each of the civilizations, Rose, uh, Giza, that kind of stuff where you're building the pyramid or you're building um, the uh, guy at Rhodes or the lighthouse or the gardens. You're building these wonders to your left and to your right. And in the center are decks of cards. Like I just told you, each person has its own deck of cards. But you don't pull from that. The players to your left or right can pull from that. Huh. And the one in the center, everybody can pull from them. They can see what the resource is that you're offering them because it's flipped over. But the one in the center, you cannot see. So what you're trying to do is collect the resources that allow you to build each stage of your wonder And when you flip that stage over, you may have the special ability of that wonder. Like you may get to go again. Just real simple stuff. Here I go again. Great callback. Thank you. I tied it in. And there's also the war mechanic that we all remember from Seven Wonders. Mm -hmm. If you collect a war card, then you will turn over a war token in the center. And when you've turned over the correct number based on the number of players, Then a war breaks out. And if you have more war tokens or cards with war tokens on them, than your players to your left and to your right, you'll get victory points for that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Same concept real easy. Science. We all remember the science cards from uh, Seven Wonders. Yep. So when you collect two of the same type of science cards or three different styles, you may turn those in. And you get a science token that will give you a special advantage at the end of the game, in game scoring, or do a special advantage or account like your card can have gold can count two instead of one. Gold's a wild resource. Whenever you build a structure, you have to turn in these cards. You don't get to keep them in front of you like seven wonders. So you collect these resources, turn them in. Each stage of your wonder, you may need three of the same resource or your next stage may be four different resources. It's very fast, fast moving. Where is the strategy in this game? The strategy is in keeping the person across from you, if you're playing four player, from maybe getting a card they need. You have to balance that. We, we played this game a couple of times. We were done with each game after resetting the decks within 20 minutes. Donna loved it. It was quick. It was easy. She understood it. Not a lot. It wasn't a deep thinker.
1: I heard it was a very light game. Yeah. It's feather light. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay.
0: And the reason why I brought it out was I got to play the original Seven Wonders, the Uh new edition. And the biggest thing I want to point out, and we talked about this on a previous show is when I was teaching it to someone who's never played Seven Wonders, you know how you could chain the buildings? If I built the bath, I could then build this.
1: Yes. Yeah. Which is still hard to explain and even keep up with.
0: It is. But they changed it so that if this icon is shows up in the re- needed resource and you mm. have that icon on another card, you can build it. They still didn't get it. I'm like, okay, people, <clears throat> if that resource is here on the card and then it shows up as a needed resource on another card, <clears throat> excuse me, you can build it for free. Yep. But I found the people that weren't grasping it were the people who have played Seven Wonders with me the longest and knew about the various names. Gotcha. Okay. You know they couldn't do the association. They, it didn't translate well. I was like, "Why is this not?" You know.
1: So you think this is a good game for um, people don't play a lot of board games? A good, yes. you know,
0: holiday family style game. Definitely, Seven Wonders Architect is a holiday. Uh, it can play up to seven people. Quick to set up. Quick to play. Uh, war broke out uh, once, and but then in another game it broke out multiple times. So. Mm we blindly pick our wonders to build. And, you know, as soon as someone builds the final piece of their wonder, game's over. You don't get to go around again. Total up the number of victory points based on what you have in front of you uh, from your wonders or from some special cards that you, special science cards you may have. Boom. There's the end of the game. Quick to tally. I'll admit it's a great light game. I enjoyed it. Donna really liked it. So that should give you some idea of where it sits with the family. If you listen to the podcast uh, for overtime time and how she is on the games. So I will definitely give a shot. I mean, I've at it as for a game. Like we're, we're waiting on people. I can break this out real quick. Give you a wonder. We can be done with it. Set up, ready to go to the next game in under 20 minutes. Yeah. Very cool. But, Very but if cool. you don't like these games and seven wonders as you jam, I will say you might be disappointed.
1: Don't think I it's understand. seven wonders. Don't think it is
0: seven wonders. It's not. Okay. Gotcha.
1: Well, (laughs) one thing that's probably not uh, feather light a brand new game is coming out to Kickstarter from R&R Games, and they sent us a preview copy for us to uh, uh, check out. Well, preview, I mean, you think it'd be a prototype. It's really almost like a complete game. The only thing they said they're going to change is they're going to change some of the artwork a little bit, make it a little bit lighter, and change the insert a little bit. But it's a game called Dom Pierre. And uh, so, okay, Tony, here's the thing. I know nothing about wine, champagne, or, or anything like that. And the whole premise of this is the whole introduction of a French Benedict monk named Don Pierre Perignon. Now, mm-hmm. th- there's a champagne called Don Perignon, right? mm mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I assume this is where that comes from, is <laughs> this guy who started the whole champagne culture, the whole champagne Uh, I don't even know what I, I I mean, do you know anything about this stuff? I don't know.
0: Other than that you're supposed to drink it at special occasions and at new years beyond the fact that you can only be grown. You can only call champagne if it comes from the champagne region in France, nobody else. You can make champagne. You just cannot call it champagne.
1: Okay. So anyway, so, so the whole concept is, is that's during this time period where Dom Pierre Perignon started to create champagne And to sell it. And he had this way that had to be crafted and everything. And he was trying to popularize it. It didn't get popular till later. uh, A lot uh, after his life, according to the little intro that I'm reading here. And so the the whole goal of this game is, is you're trying to manufacture and sell or get people interested in champagne. So this takes place uh, out in France. And you're going to uh, grow grapes. You're going to harvest those grapes. You're going to press those grapes, you're going to make some champagne, you're going to go out and try to market your champagne, and you're going to try to sell it for the whole goal of trying to get the most victory points. Sounds pretty much like a standard fare sort of euro, right? Yes, very much so. Now, if you hear this, you're going to think, this sounds a lot like viticulture. And uh, they told us, they said, uh, they, meaning uh, r &R Games is saying, yeah, we're getting compared to Viticulture a lot because same sort of theme, right? It's about making wine. It didn't necessarily help that the shape of the board is almost exactly like Viticulture, where it's like a long horizontal board Mm -hmm. that you're playing on. But it's not really a a strict worker placement style game. I'm not going to go into all the details of this. I'm just going to tell you It has a lot of the same same Euro feel of you're spending resources to make grapes, you're turning those grapes into something else, into a commodity, you're turning around for that commodity, try to get victory points. That's pretty much standard fare. What's interesting in this is the action selection mechanic. So everybody has their own player board and on that board are six columns. Each of those columns represents a different action that you can take on your turn. And those actions consist of things like, for example, there's the vineyard action where you can grow your grapes. There's a cellar where you can uh, harvest them and uh, press them for making uh, the champagne. There's the village where you send workers out and to to collect things from the village, like bonus tokens and stuff like that. There's logistics for getting your workers in place to be able to do certain actions. Uh, there's sales for actually making money. And then finally, uh, there's goals, which are like in-game scoring mechanisms that'll trigger it at the end of the game. Those are each one of the actions that you can take Mm -hmm. on your turn. You're going to take, you're going to take a disc at the bottom of that column and you say, this is the action I want to take. And you're going to slide that disc up one spot. Okay. Okay. Then you're going to be able to take that action. The cost of that action is the value how can I put this? On the left-hand side of the column, each of these actions have a certain value that it costs going from one to three. First two rows are one, one, then the second row is two, and the final ones are three and three. Whichever disk is lowest on the track is the cost of the action that you're getting ready to take, if that makes sense. You look at your lowest token across each of the actions, whichever row it's on is the cost of whatever action you're getting ready to take, even if it's not in the same column. So if my goals disc was on the value one and i move my action disc for village up one, it's gonna be whatever the cost of the lowest disc is. So then I pay that cost, I get to take the action. When all of your tokens are reached the same row, you get these bonus tokens that you can use to put on one of the actions to give you additional benefits when you take that action. Imagine this, every turn, take a disc, move it up, take that action. And this is gonna continue going and going until you move your disc all the way to the top. And then it's gonna actually come off of your board and that action is no longer available to you. You have to think, I say, okay, I need to make some more grapes, but I've only got one more time I can make grapes by using the the vineyard action. Then you gotta make sure to make it the most efficient action you can. Cause as soon as you do that, token, that piece comes off the board and goes onto the main board is that is a trigger for the game to end. Because when the number of tokens that's been moved off of people's board equals the number of players, that triggers the end of the game. So I think that's really interesting how you want to decide which actions that you want to take. And some of them, and as you start taking more of all the actions, the cost of all the actions are going to go up. Because again, it's always based on what the lowest token is in a certain row. So if you're doing all of them equally, then all the value, all the costs of them are going to go up. So you may want to hold off on, on one action until later in the game, maybe goals. Maybe you're in-game scoring. You want to hold off on that until the end to keep the other actions cheap. But then at some point, you're not going to be able to make uh, grapes anymore. You're not going to be able to uh, make uh, champagne anymore because you've used up all the chance. You only could do an action five times, basically.
0: And that's it. And I think there's a the key difference there as you explain it to me. I mean, it's hard to, without a board and whenever you talk things like this, it's hard to see unless you have yep. it right before you. But I think you you hit on the key point for people to know when they go out and you can sign up for the Kickstarter notifications, you know, it's out. Uh, they were supposed to, you know, start Yes, we're recording a little bit early, but you know, it's supposed to be out now the first of the year. So be sure to check it out, sign up for uh, announcements of it. But I think that one of the key elements here is viticulture, you're placing workers. Yep. Here, you're choosing actions to take. Yes. Right? And it's and
1: going then, to be a limited number of times you can take that action.
0: I like that where you have to balance the actions that you're taking and that you can't constantly go back to the well and use the same thing over and over and over again.
1: Right. You know and what? again, you also have the ability to make some actions better. Mm-hmm. So there, there's the strength tokens that you can place at the bottom of an action that makes it when you take that one particular action, that action a little bit better then maybe uh, another action. And you have to decide, where am I going to put that token? You can't do it on every action. You have to pick which action you're going to focus on. So maybe you're more interested in logistics and somebody else is more interested in, in the seller action, which is actually creating bottles or barrels of champagne. And then there's a concept of Earning prestige, when you get prestige, you get to flip over a token off a little champagne glass and it could give you in-game benefits or one-time action advantages and stuff like that. There's a lot of standard euro we type stuff in the game, but to me, it's the action selection that makes this really unique and not something like I've ever seen before. And again, if you go out to the Kickstarter page and look at it, you're, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of preview videos of how this works. You can actually see it in action. The board is very straightforward. Six columns, five rows, slide a disc up on that action, take that action, next player's turn. So it will move very fast too, which is good.
0: So be sure to check it out. R&R Games. Mm-hmm.
1: R&R Games.
0: All right. There's three really quick things I want to hit on that, that I found very interesting over the holidays. First off, CGE, thank you for putting codenames online. Playing in, I mean, we got, we got online with a bunch of people. Not everybody remembers how to play codenames. One of the funniest things happened to me, Marty, that we were not in sync with my team that I was on. Not like you and I, where we are constantly in sync on codenames. Know exactly what to say, what the clues are. We are tied in. Mm-hmm. So I'm playing with this team of friends, and they give me the clue, referee. Okay. Two.
1: Referee two.
0: Okay. Referee two. All right. I have no idea what they're talking about. What is the thing with Kevin? Is it six degrees of separation from Kevin Bacon? Yeah. What is? Yep. It's something like that. So at the end of the game, after we lose, actually we won because they the other team got the assassinate, uh, the ass- they were assassinated. I go, what in the world did referee have to do with anything? What were you associating? They go, well, it's obvious. It's the word was center. And I go, Center? how is the center? I go, how's the referee center? She goes, yeah, there's a referee in basketball. I went, yeah, basketball has a team of five. I went, yeah, (coughs) my daughter was on a basketball team and she was the center. And you know that about me.
1: Wow. Oh my gosh. And she expected you to put all that together.
0: I know. I'm like, how, how, what? She goes, it's obvious, isn't it?
1: I'm like, Okay. <laughs> so out of curiosity, what was the other word that was part of referee too?
0: Uh I think I think there was a sports term in there if I remember correctly. I was just like I have no idea. I I, I didn't yeah, it was it was a bad one. That one just, wow. uh, that one stuck out to me. I was like, okay. I, I appreciate what Marty does, how he was able to associate <laughs> some of the things that I'm doing cuz I was like this is un freaking
1: You should have known my daughter played basketball and played as a center, so referee is the obvious clue here. Wow,
0: I know. I was like, um, you could have gone with your daughter's name; that might have been a little bit better, but that wouldn't have linked to any other words.
1: That's what I'm curious. I was wondering what the other one, I was wondering what the other word was, and see if I could come up with a better clue. That's why I was. Yeah, I'm
0: sorry, I didn't type that in the show notes. I was like, what in the world are you doing to me here? But it's funny like with Donna, Donna and I were never on the same team. You can associate a ton of things for one another books, Yes. Yeah. And you know, just because of what you like and along those lines, another thing we played paint the roses again, you know, uh, <sighs> yeah. Daughter loved it. Absolutely loved it. But this was interesting too. I found they were giving, they were picking tiles to try to help get other people's choices, not give clues to theirs. I'm like, why did you pick that one? And they go, well, this way it could help eliminate that one person's. But now I don't have a clue. I still have to guess. Yeah, but you can guess them. But I'm like, <laughs> when they know better? And they kept doing that. I'm like, why are y'all trying to do this? Help me get yours. Did, did y'all win? We did. We get by one space. Oh, nice. Nice. So, But we played on the easy version. Mm-hmm. And I haven't put in. but I was just like, okay. It took us two hours. It was a long
1: one. There was a lot of AP going on, a lot of AP. Mm. I was like, okay, just pick a title. That's one of those things. And I think when we reviewed the game, we actually mentioned that the whole, the problem is, is that when somebody's trying to come up with the clue, y'all could just be sitting there staring at each other for a little bit. (laughs) Exactly. And I
0: laminated all the scorecards, so that made it really nice. And, oh, and nice. The, yes. So those, we got that working out really well. That helped out a lot. And the last thing I want to mention, Big Potato Game sent me uh, sent me a puzzle. Mm-hmm. And in this puzzle, they sent me Night at the Movies, and they have another one called Day at the Festival. Everybody's getting into puzzles because of the pandemic. So, But it, anyway, Night at the I thought that movies. was over.
1: Is it not over yet? It's 2022. No. God, dang it.
0: It's the new cold.
1: <laughs> the new cold
0: (laughs) that's what somebody was saying the other day i was like yeah Yeah. i'll go with that but anyway night at the movies you put this puzzle together then you can take that puzzle and the puzzle was very well done well well constructed well created um nice cutouts i was gonna have donna come on and do um i go to pieces segment with me but instead i will just do it here but then from that you're able to now guess 101 movies based on the clues oh cool it was, except some of them were hard to see on the puzzle, so we ended mm. up looking at the chart. Mm. And and for instance, let's see if you can get this one. Okay, there are a, there are a bunch of little stars. Okay, on as uh, as a clue, and the stars have helmets and they're tossing hand grenades. What would be that movie? The stars have helmets
1: and tossing? have army
0: helmets and they're tossing hand grenades. And this is a movie. It's a movie. Star Wars. Bingo. There you go. A bunch of teeth.
1: <laughs> He's doing this action, clapping his hands. Like
0: a, yeah. a bunch of teeth chomping. A bunch of teeth. I don't know. Jaws. Oh, okay. Uh, and, and you know, you go through some of that. Uh, there's a girl, and on her arm, there's a there's a tattoo, and that tattoo girl with a it? dragon tattoo. I didn't even have to finish it.
1: <laughs> there's a girl with a tattoo. Is it a dragon? Yes. Yeah. that's pretty on those.
0: There's these mountains. And they have eyes. The heels have eyes? There you go. So there's 101 of these. Oh, the one cool. you, now, the one I think you would enjoy if you would put mm-hmm. it together, you can not even put it together and just look at the posters, A Day at the Festival, and it's a whole bunch of rock bands.
1: Oh, cool. Cool, cool, so, cool.
0: So, you know, maybe if that one comes in, but we, we got it together and she's going to share it out and then maybe I'll put that into the 2023 box of crap.
1: Oh, nice box of crap. That's hilarious. Here's the thing. We haven't played a lot of games of the holidays, except for Magic that we've probably, probably played six or seven games so far. But that's that's been pretty much it. So I haven't got a lot of games uh, to the table. So that's why I've been letting you talk about all the games. I haven't really had a chance because I, uh, I just haven't got to get to play anything. But when the boys got here, it was like, okay, well, guys, you know, there's a, three new boys coming to the house. And all of a sudden, there's a lot of dishes that need to be cleaned, everything like that. So I got to ask you something. When you wash the dishes, what do you use to wash with? Do you use a dish rag or sponge or what? Based on the show notes, I've had these things in my house for over three years. Okay. The boys came in. And I said, could you please wash the stuff? And they pick up our dish rags. like, why are y'all still using this? I was like, I don't know. We've always used a dish rag to wash our dishes. And they says, y'all need a scrub daddy. You've never had a scrub daddy. I don't know what a scrub daddy is. And They <laughs> said, well, it's a sponge with a smiley face. And I said- that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And they were like, no, no, you get to try this. So I pull up my phone on Amazon. It's like, all right, I can get a pack of three for like $9. I said, I'm going to try this. I get it. Two days later, that is the most incredible product I have ever seen. <laughs> Scrub I didn't know you Daddy didn't know is amazing.
0: I didn't know you didn't know about Scrub Daddy.
1: So, so if y'all don't know about this, it's basically a round, thick sponge that literally is a smiley face. It has two holes for eyes. And a space for the, the mouth. And I'll ask the boys, what's the purpose of this? And I said, Stick well, you can put it. your fingers through the eyes for holding mm-hmm. the sponge. And then you can run your utensils through the mouth and squeeze and get and clean both sides of your utensil. And I thought, this is brilliant. Mm-hmm. This is absolutely brilliant. And it's not like your typical sponge type of material. It's a lot thicker and more, a little more coarse, but not so coarse. You scratch stuff. I love it. I absolutely love the Scrub Daddy.
0: So you know using different temperatures of water will change the abrasiveness of the sponge, don't you? No, I didn't. Teach me. Teach me, old wise one. So cold water keeps it brittle, so it's harder. So it's good for like scrubbing
1: pans. And then when you go to hot water, it'll soften it up. (gasps) And then I heard that you can just like disinfect it. You can wet it and throw it in the dishwasher. Mm -hmm. You probably throw it in the microwave. I know one thing you do with sponges is put them in the microwave and disinfect them that way too. And I think there's a scrub mama too. Oh, what's Scrub Mama do?
0: I think that's the general cleaning. I'm not sure. I'll have to look it up. But yeah. I don't know. But yeah, Scrub Daddy, I've got multiple versions of it. I love the Scrub Daddy. Um, Like you put your little hands in there and scrub the pan really good and hard. And uh, yes, uh, Scrub Daddies have been in this house for a very long time. I still use a general dish rag for like wiping down the counters and all. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. When I have to do heavy duty cleaning, the Scrub Daddy comes out and he's, he actually sits on top of the
1: um, soap for the dishwasher underneath so that he's ready to go whenever I need him. This episode is not sponsored by Scrub Daddy, but it could be. But here, here he is at one of our actual sponsors.
0: Shopportalgames.com. That's the one we got to remember for 2020, not this PortalGames.us.whatever. We don't have to remember that one anymore And until Ignacy changes. Head over to ShopPortalGames.com for the U.S. catalog, and on there, there's this little drop-down. I don't know if you're aware of it. It's called the Website Exclusives. That's right. This is where you can get some merchandise that is specifically out of their online system. You can get a Niroshima Hex play match. You can get a 20 years anniversary t-shirt, which is currently on sale for $5. Who doesn't need a new rag to you know, wash their car with? There's you a good $5 t-shirt rag right there. Nasi's going to kill me for that.
1: Can you use a scrub daddy on a car?
0: Uh, No, because it will be abrasive it's, unless okay. you're using hot water. Okay. One thing that Marty and I promise to get to in 2022 stronghold undead you can pick up a stronghold undead play map. that's right or better yet there's a whole bunch of niroshima hex armies that are listed out there detective Playmat, these are on the website exclusives also they've got the sales and promotions various collections and of course all the incredible games over at portal games in the north america store One of our favorites from 2021, Dreadful Circus. I hope you picked it up and got to play that with friends and family over the holiday. If not, this is a must for you to get on the table. Love that game. Can't wait to get it back on there. Matter of fact, they've got a bunch of sales going on currently over at the website. Be sure to check it out. That's shopportalgames.com. Last year, we released the big ninth anniversary episode. And with that came the survey. And this time the survey was pretty darn simple. Give me a name. Tell me if you're in the U.S. or not. And tell me what you liked about us and what you didn't like about us. Thanks for all those that submitted answers. What
1: we need to improve, not necessarily what they don't like. You, you oh. phrased it a little bit better. What do we need to improve? Okay.
0: Okay. What do we need to improve? So being more clear on our questions. Okay,
1: I'm fair. That's good. I like that. Well, that's what you said. You said, what do we do well on the show? What do we need to improve?
0: And for all those who submitted, thank you so much. We Mm -hmm. really do appreciate it. We read them all, uh, blushed on some of them, completely agreed with a bunch of them. And we will work to continue our improvement. We are uh, 2022 is going to be... A year of improvement, of self-enlightenment here at Rolling Dice and Taking Names. It's only taking nine years for us to get to that point, but we are going there.
1: And that's why we ask these questions, too, is because it's like lots of times you may realize you're doing something you don't know. And it's, it's one of those things like if we get one comment said so you need to change this. Well, that doesn't make any sense. But if we get multiple saying the same thing, OK, maybe that's something we need to look at or multiple of things that people like. It's like, well, that must be working. One thing I thought was interesting, Tony, I did a search out of all the responses The word banter was used 29 times uh, in these responses, and it was always in a positive type message. People like the banter on the show. So I actually looked up the definition of banter. The definition says good humored, playful, or teasing conversation. That is exactly what our goal here is on this show. We want to provide a little bit of escapism, just come and have some fun just two friends talking to each other. And we've always wanted everybody to feel like that you're part of this and that you're our friends and you are our friends. And if we're all just sitting around the table having a just wonderful time talking about games and anything that pops up. So I really appreciate the fact that that is what came out the most. People love the banter on the show. But Tony, what was so interesting is the thing that People can take or leave or actually game reviews. <laughs> Don't really care what you think about a game.
0: Well, I understand. <laughs> but so
1: <laughs> I, I said, How do you approach this? This is a board game show, and we got comments. It's like, well, you know, if I'm not really interested in this game, I'll just skip it. It's like, hey, I, I mean, I'm here for the banter and the conversation. What y'all think about games or whatever? <laughs> <It's> like, okay. <laughs> But, but that is true about a lot
0: of this. I, I, when I read that, I said, that is so true. That is so true with me. That is so true with you. If there is a content put out, I do not go out and watch or listen to a podcast. If it has nothing of interest to me about the various games, I'm not going to listen to those games. I know for a fact, if I'm interested in the game, I will go out and say, okay, let me hear what you have to say and let me hear why you like it. I can make up my own mind about everything else. Just tell me what you like about it. And we can see if that jihaz with what I like. And other than that, you know, okay. Other than that, why even come listen to us now? I will. I will, There is, there was one comment. I will always talk about lawn maintenance. I'm sorry. That is who I am. Cause I love it so much. And here's the thing.
1: Nobody said, stop talking about it. Oh, I thought they did. Maybe somebody did say stop, but there was one person that said, I, I actually appreciate that. Cause I actually learned stuff.
0: Okay. And so do I every, I am so angry with my lawn guy.
1: Aren't you your own lawn guy?
0: i have a guy that comes and does the the big fertilizer treatments. Because, oh, if, got because it. if I were to do it, it costs me the same amount of money to do that it costs him when he charges me. And yet I save two hours. Okay. Yeah. He did everybody in the neighborhood, but mine. Oh, I was like, why did you not do mine? He goes, you haven't cut your lawn. It's December. I'm not cutting my lawn, even though it's been 70 plus degrees here. I got to go cut my lawn, by the way. He's like, I'm sorry, man. I'm not going to do it. Oh, made me mad. See, we squirreled again. Sorry.
1: One of the things uh, for improvement was uh, more guests. And we do have our chit chat episodes. And maybe we need to do some more of those, right? Have some more people on. We, we've had some thoughts of other people that we we would like to have on. So uh, guests are always uh, fun. Uh, it's just, you know, who to bring on, who makes sense and stuff like that. So a f- few people said more guests would be interesting. But, but in hindsight, some people said you know, just want to hear y'all. So I like the fact that we have that as a separate. Oh, I said chit chat. That's that's not what it's called anymore. At, uh, the uh, at the table. At the table episodes. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. One thing I thought was funny. What do we need to improve? Tony's pop culture knowledge. <laughs> I got, I got your was... pop culture
0: right here. I got your pop culture. I watch Loki. Uh, I watched the first season of a Lo- first episode of Loki the other night. I'm proud of myself. I haven't gotten to Hawkeye.
1: You haven't watched Hawkeye? I've, I'm watching Loki one at a time. Slowly. Okay, hold on, hold on. I know we're going to score here real quick. Please tell me you've seen the new Spider-Man movie. No. Oh, I've seen it twice already. How have you not seen this? I don't know if you've heard. The past two years, there's been
0: this thing going around that's kept the, the, the,
1: the theaters are open. The theaters doesn't, are open.
0: It doesn't matter. You got to
1: go it, see it.
0: It doesn't matter. I'll have to go by myself.
1: Did you go by yourself. As a Spider-Man fan, I think you need to go see this. This may be my second most favorite Spider-Man movie of all.
0: Okay. Well, then when I do, then set up the guest room so I can sleep over there to avoid any contaminations here at my house.
1: (laughs) Anyway, uh, if you haven't seen Spider-Man, try to avoid Spoilers. Please try to avoid spoilers if you can, because it's uh they're in there. All right, so enough about that. So there are two things, in all seriousness, that people brought out. One, we're starting to run a little long. We've always tried to shoot for 90 minutes, and I would let it slide to two hours ago. People are not going to care. Well, I guess people notice. I care. You do. You do care. The thing is that sometimes we have so many things that we've talked about. How do we cram everything in, which is the other point. When talking about games... I personally am going to try to work on more brevity uh, when discussing games and spend less time digging into the rules because what people are saying is, look, you talk about games, but it's really hard to get a feel from a game Mm -hmm. from an audio podcast. Like, for example, when I was trying to explain uh, Dom Pierre earlier, I'm sitting there going, y'all, how do I explain this when I'm visually looking at what's going on? But that's the important thing that I was trying to get across. So I'm personally going to work on, number one, More game reviews being more concise, being more to the point, being more helpful and less about the speeds and feeds of the game itself and more about how I feel about it, if that makes sense. So if there's something I want to talk about that I like, maybe I have to dig into a certain rule or something to explain because of this rule. I like this as opposed to try to explain every action that's available for somebody to take.
0: So I went back into some of our notes and I used to have a document that I would write up for every board game uh, saying the executive summary, the pros, the cons, and then have the various rules broken down. And I forget why I stopped doing that. Oh, now I remember because it was tedious. And I was like, man, we should should be getting good at this at nine years. But obviously, not there. And I know on my side, I don't do a good job explaining the rules. I would just rather, because it's me. You, you like, I guess you like listening to that. Where on me, I just, this is what I
1: like. Y'all go figure out your own rules, you know? And and so we're going to institute something now because of my issue with that is I'm giving Tony a buzzer. Basically, if I am ever starting to ramble on about rules or get into the weeds where this is really adding nothing to the conversation, Tony will use this buzzer on me. (laughs) When I hear that noise. I know that uh, I have uh, gotten too much into the weeds and I will stop at that point and, st- and stop digging into the rules. So Tony's going to help keep me in check here. He doesn't have this problem, so I don't need a buzzer for him. It's it's uh, mainly for me. So again, you come for the banter. You want to hear the conversations. When it comes to board game reviews, fine. Tell us what you like, what you didn't like, but you don't need to spend a lot of time in the actual mechanisms of the game, unless it's a pro or con itself.
0: Okay. I got a buzzer <laughs> and I will use it. Don't make me use that buzzer, but I will.
1: I, I know you will. I know you will. And I, I'm probably going to regret me giving you this power, this tool, but uh, it, it's there for for you in the taking. So uh, is there anything else, Tony, that uh, we missed in the people liked, or, or there's some good, funny uh, comments in here too that I appreciated.
0: No, nothing else jumps out at me, Marty. So for brevity, let's go to a
1: game review. We know that Board and Dice Games Publisher has a history of putting out what we call the T-Games, right? Tech Technu, some others I can't pronounce. <laughs> I probably said that first one wrong. I've, so I've heard that first one pronounced like three different ways, and everybody says it's the right way. It's so funny. Uh, anyway. So they have a brand new game called Tabanusi, Builders of Ur, and this is from David Spada and Danielle Tassini, who is involved in a lot of these T-type games, right, Tony?
0: Yes, and I kept waiting when you did the Builders of Ur. I thought you were going to give me a monster. Ur.
1: Ur, Ur. Hey,
0: I, I can get I get my daughter's dog in here to do a growl for you. You want me? Okay, we're running off track again. What did we just talk about in the
1: survey? We we just talked about it. We got to be succinct, concise, and to the point. All right, Tony, you have never been blown away by many of the T games. You appreciate them. You Mm -hmm. play them. But there hasn't been a lot that goes, man, this is like my game of the year type deal. Again, right. that's just a, a personal preference. Personally, one that you didn't care for, I loved. I love Technu. That's still my favorite T game of them all. I just think that was a very- That was very... the Pyramid game, right? That was the Obelisk game. Obelisk, Obelisk, not uh, With the rotating obelisk. obelisk. Yes. I just thought that was a very clever use of dice and everything like that. So when we were offered this game, we took it because you like dice in Euro games, as do I- And the main mechanic behind this, especially in the action selection mechanic of this game, is actually dice.
0: Yes. So he puts it out there for me. And I'm like, okay, first off, as with any game, you got to read the rule book. And one of my favorite things is when you get that rule book and you first start flipping through the pages, you quickly peruse the setup. And I was like, okay, here's the setup. And I was like, all right. When when does the setup end? Oh my God! What page
1: am I on? What page am I on? Setup takes a while, y'all. And that's just there's a lot of bits and pieces to this game. So be prepared. Uh, the first time you go through setup, just carefully walk through it. Uh, there's a bunch of different named pieces. You know, there's a def- There's there's a lot there when you when you pro- it's a heavy game. Uh, not heavy as in as in uh, actual st- strategy weight wise. <laughs> there's a lot of pieces of this thing.
0: Mm-hmm. But this is where the game did a 180 on me. Okay. I did not think it was difficult to play. Mm.
1: Okay. So even though there was a lot of setup, there's a lot of pieces. Once everything was on the board and we read through the rules, mm-hmm. you felt like, oh, this ain't that bad. Right. Cause
0: uh, Tony rules it's place a worker, do the action there. Okay, don't you don't place a worker. No, the you worker, don't place a worker. I'm gonna say you're worker. already wrong. <laughs> <laughs> the workers at a place you spend resources to do an action if you want to. Once you're done there, take your little worker and have him follow the architect to the next place.
1: What you missed the crucial thing that I make this I think makes this thing interesting is where is it you're going to go next and how do you get there? You draft right. a die. Mm-hmm. So every lo- there's five locations on this board and every location has a color die associated with it. At the beginning of the aim, you roll all the die and you put them on these little barges that's on the board. On your turn, you're going to pick one of the die out of the barge. The value of the die is very important at that point because that's where your architect is going to go. Either one, two, three, or five, the numbered locations on the board. Or if you draw, if you draft six, you can go to any location As long as that value of the die is not currently in the barge. So, for example, if there's no threes in the barge and I really wanted to go to location number three, I can draft a six die and send my architect a three. We'll come back to him in a second. But your assistant is sitting at that same location. And like you said, Tony, that's where you get to take actions at that particular location. The die that you drafted is now a resource. So the value of the die no longer matters at the point. It's the color of the die that's important at that point. Right. So it's twofold
0: and you just got to keep that straight in your head. And in these districts, you're then, once you've drafted and done all that and you're ready to go, you're turning in resources to start a project so that maybe people can later come along and build a building to gather some points and increase their ability because Probably one of the most difficult things is to describe how to score points in this game and when to score points. That's the end goal for everybody is to get the most victory points. Imagine that. And you're sitting there thinking, well, okay, I've got to get that through to these people. And that is controlled based on these tracks that you're going up. Is that right, Mark? Mastery
1: tracks. Mastery, mastery tracks. tracks. Yeah. So there's a mastery track for each of the basic colored resources. Five, you use the word right, yeah, I said locations. There's five districts. Three of the the districts have three unique types of resources and a mastery track for each of those resources. That's where you build buildings. So literally three of the districts work exactly the same, but except with different color resources. Uh, The other two, one's a port, one's the Ziggurat area. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But all those others are the exact same. And that's where you're going to be building these buildings to generate victory points. But those victory points are multiplied based on where you are on the mastery track for that particular resource.
0: One of the other neat concepts to me in this game was when you go to this scoring, if I'm in this one district and this district has each of the districts has these color resources, when we score that all those resources are lost, they go back. And I think Marty, for me, that was one of the unique aspects of the game. Oh, look, I said unique aspects. It's already beginning of 2022. Look at that. Dropping that, dropping the word.
1: Well, you've already dropped a neat just a second ago, so. Uh, Everything's neat to me.
0: It's not great. It's just neat. If I've got all these resources from that district and someone's, and we're fixing to score it, I'm getting ready to lose these and I may not get that opportunity. They all go back in the back. They all have to Mm -hmm. be reshuffled. And it's just like one of the, it's that push your luck. Are we going to end up having to score that? Is Marty going to go over there and suddenly force that on his turn? I
1: need to get rid of these. And how, you, how the scoring is triggered is when somebody takes the last die from a district. So there's a pool of dice. And you draft one, you move your architect to that area, and you take an action there. Well, if you happen to pull the last one out of there, that triggers the uh, end-round scoring For each of the uh, places where buildings are built, you're going to score each of the buildings there. Size of the buildings will give you more victory points. There's a concept of building gardens. That's one of the actions that you can take. You can can buy water tiles to put on the board and on the water tiles, you can put a garden. If a garden is adjacent to a building, it makes the building bigger, gives you more victory points. But then after the scoring is done, uh, you will take all the dice of that same color, even if somebody owns them. Now you do get a a benefit, Tony. If you had dice of that color that scored, you do get to move up one on the mastery track of that Mm -hmm. color. So you, you lose the resources, but you do get to move up on that mastery track, which is important. Reroll and put them back on the board. That scoring is also how it triggers the game clock. Because if you're the one that pulled that last die, you get a gold off the round marker. And that indicates, okay, that round is now over. After five rounds have scored, then the end game will be triggered after that.
0: And in our game, it ramped up. You know, mm-hmm. It took a while to get to that first scoring. And then all of a sudden, boom, boom, boom. Oh, whoa, we're at near at the end of the game. So yeah, you get to score based on buildings in a district and you're trying to build. You want to benefit from. Another thing I enjoyed was the, if I put this here, will Marty come? If I build it, will he come?
1: Yeah, so that, that was the concept of project tiles. One right thing project. you can do in the district is put a project tile in place and put one of your color tokens on there. When a project tile is on the board, somebody, anybody, you, anybody can come in there and build a building on top of it. If I happen to build a building on top of your project tile that has one of your tokens, you get a benefit as you get to move up the uh, the mastery track for doing that. Because I built on one of your project tiles. If I build on one of my project tiles, I get nothing. You want to put out project tiles for people to build their buildings on and you don't want to build on your own because you'll get nothing in return. And we were talking like, man, this almost has like a co op feel. It's like, well, it does, but you almost want to try to make these attractive looking big, large project tiles, like three in a row beside a garden and somebody build their building there because they're going to score a lot of points when they score the size of that building, but you get to ramp up that mastery track, which again, is like a multiplier for the victory points for or certain colors of resources. So that was the thing where it's like, Oh, I want somebody to build on my stuff, but don't build on your own. And when you
0: put a project tile down, there's various rules you have to follow in a district.
1: Yeah. Pay some resources, whichever re- of whichever district you're in, etc. There's calls to all this stuff that you have to do.
0: So if you're in a district and you want to put it down on a project tile of say yellow, you can place it anywhere in the district. As long as there's not another yellow, if there's already a yellow there, you have to place it next to it. Mm-hmm. And If you want to place a third one, you can, but you can't place a fourth one. No, 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 no. But you can begin building out. And that's how these districts begin to take shape because people are manipulating these tiles to form the buildings around to gain certain benefits because these districts have things that when you cover them up, you get to collect certain resources or or advantages. And so you're trying to do that as well. So you need to place these tiles in certain locations. Also, there are various objectives that say, well, in this district, you need to have at least a size three building, not a project because the buildings go on top of projects. You got to do that. A lot of stuff going on here that you're trying to take advantage of. Oh, please, Marty, put that yellow tile. Please put a yellow tile in that district for me. So Mm -hmm. then I can come in behind you and build a two building, which helps me meet the objective. Because I think when I played this game, it was one of those things where I was trying to do everything for myself. And to your point of co-op. I was not trying to use what you were doing. Right. Okay. Because I didn't want to give you the benefit, but I needed to give you the benefit. It was very, very important to do
1: that. And the other two districts on the board one is a port district where you can build buildings on the outside. It's like a little grid. And on the outside of the grid, there's these crate tiles that are randomly put at the beginning of the game. The crate tiles are basically resources, they're additional resources that you can use on your turn to buy things. If you don't have a dye of that color, maybe you have a crate that has a resource of that color that you can use. And then with on the grid itself, you can place tokens it will give you benefits. And then there's a goal if you're the first one to complete a row or a column uh, with your little claim tokens, you get a bonus token and stuff. So there's some little stuff going on there. The other district is whenever it scores, there was three random tiles put out on the in that district, and when that one scores, you can have your claim tokens on those scoring tiles. And there's a condition for each card that says if you meet this condition you get a certain amount of victory points for wherever your claim marker is on this card at this point. Again, another way to score points, but you might want to go there because one of those provides green dye, which is used for making gardens. The port dye provides blue dye, uh, which is used for uh, uh, building sea spaces. And that's if you just use the regular setup. There, there's a variant setup where the different barges can be moved in different locations where different color dye can be all over the place. But the last thing I want to mention that's very unique and made this game very difficult was I mentioned a second ago. All right. When you take a die, you move your architect to the uh, value of that die. The district with the, the matches the value of that die. At the end of your turn, you have another little meeple calling an assistant and he goes to where your architect is. That is where your next action is going to be your next turn. So your next turn, you're claiming a die from that new area and taking actions there. So Tony, for me, what made this game more difficult when you're trying to plan out your your strategy, or your plans is you have to plan always one turn in advance. And that's sometimes tough. That is tough. What type of resources? So you're going back to those
0: resources again. I need to get over to that district to get that color resource, but Oh wait, that resource benefits me over in this other district. So even you may have to go two steps. If I get that resource and I want to be able to build a garden on that, I want to go to get the blue dye, but the garden I want to build over in this other district, I need to make sure that over there, when I get that blue dice, that that number allows me to go back over to the district <laughs> where I want to put the water and I already have a green tile to put a garden and Oh wait, Do I have it all planned out? Is it all going to work? And oh, crap, Marty just went there and he's going to take that blue die that won't let me get to that district. And is there a six there? Because if there's a six there, then I can go to anywhere I want if that die is not there. Oh,
1: (laughs) and that's where I think some AP came in, because on your turn, it wasn't necessarily what are you going to do this turn? It's what are you going to do next turn? And then you hope that what you want to do next turn will be available for you to do, which Tony just explained. Uh, Hopefully the dice that you want to use next turn will still be there. And that's where the game kind of slowed down a little bit, especially as the game ramped up. Because uh, as we mentioned, as the game ramps up, there are a lot of districts that may eventually score quickly. And you might want to get over there as fast as you can to take advantage of it before it does score. So it kind of will change how you play out your turns. So first game. Yep.
0: Never play a, a game
1: like this to win. Play a game mm. like this to learn. Somebody somebody mentioned, and I love this term, they said this is a pull of the lever game. This mm. is a pull. Uh, what, do you mean, what they mean was when you sit down and play games like this, start pulling levers. So, oh, what does this lever do? What does this lever do? Meaning, what does this action do? What does this action do? That's how I think a, a good way to learn a lot of these games... Uh, as I talked about playing Nevsky earlier with Ignacy, our first couple games a have literally been pulling levers. I've never taken this one action. I'm going to take it just to see what it does. Strategically, it may be a stupid move to make, but I just want to see what this action does. That's the way we recommend to play this game. Learning game, pull the levers, and then after that, it'll click and you go, ah okay, let's set this bad boy up again, take another 15 minutes to reset it up, and uh, let's try this thing again. And that even includes pulling the lever of let's strategize together a little bit
0: in this first Mm. game. I tell you what, this is what I'm trying to achieve right here. And let's see how that lever happens. If you go in there, put a garden, and how can that advance you? Does that help you with the base scoring at the end of the game? So even that is part of that learning game. Then again, you may have people brilliant in your play group that you don't even need to do this. They're going to understand it right away, but I guarantee you it's always an important aspect to walk through that first scoring. So those that don't get it, such as someone like myself say, Oh, okay. I understand. And they can understand later. Now just in summary for me, this is the last thing going will say on this game. This tea game teed it up for me as a good tea game. Mm. I enjoyed this game. I enjoyed playing this game. I, I want to play it again. I like games that have that next thinking process I felt I was, I hampered myself a couple of times, but that's okay. I learned from my mistakes and move forward with that. And I think our setup is going to be a lot faster because when we are done, Marty says, here, take the game since you like it and resort it. Because we just basically ran out of time near the end. and We threw it all in the box. And so it took took me 30 minutes to resort that game. Oh my God.
1: But now the nice thing is now that you have it resorted, setup will be a lot easier because you have oh, to yes. bag you for this, bag you for this and all that sort of thing.
0: Box wasn't almost big enough rant when you design a game and you have the punch outs don't design the box that you're po- storing the stupid game in just for the punch outs realize what's going to happen when you punch it out
1: yeah so you, it, uh, it's hard to get the, the lid all I on put there stupid enough. rubber bands around it wow wow box bands this game is available in pre-order right now on miniature market is the regular price is 70 bucks it's 49 dollars on miniature market which is a really really good deal again pre-order not out yet This is a really solid T game. I don't know that I like it more than Technu. It's up there with me because I love the dice. I love the idea of of dice being used two ways. One for value, one for color. The value tells you where you're moving for the actions you're going to take next turn, which makes the game really thinky. And then the color itself is used for spending resources during your turn. I liked it too. But like with a lot of other T games, I believe this is one of those that you're going to need to play a couple times to really figure out what's the best way to play it. Pull the layers that first game. Wow. A T game that Tony actually came away from the T Tony actually liked. Well done, board and dice. (music) Christmas is over. Did you get some spending money, y'all? Did you get some like, man, I got some money in my pocket now. There's That's the, the game I did not get for Christmas. Well, maybe they have it over there at Miniature Market right now. They still got a lot of stuff in stock. And they are so quick to respond to their orders. I mean, I ordered something like a week before Christmas. I got it within a few days. Now, as as the orders probably drop back for them a little bit, they're still gonna be as prompt in their shipping as ever. It was packaged nicely and everything. It was good deals. I bought some of the really nice card cases for Miniature Market for my sons for for Magic. I love those things. They're really, really nice products for really inexpensive prices when the most expensive case is only $12.99 you can't go wrong. They have a lot of exclusive miniature market accessories and products like that just to check out. So if you're looking for that game that you did not happen to get or got some money burning in your pocket, please head over to miniaturemarket.com. We are so honored to be sponsored by miniature market. And because of that, we were able to have a little inside information, Tony, on what were the top selling games of 2021? And we had the list right here. And I will say I am totally surprised by some of these items on the list and some of the emissions from this list. What
0: it tells me is people were looking at how to expand existing games. That's what it says to me.
1: A lot of it Yes, meaning expansions. It would have been interesting to see what this would have been without the expansions that are included in it. But let's just start at number 10 and go through. Number 10, I'm going to let you start this one off because this is a game that would be on your list.
0: That's right. Ticket to Ride Europe, 15th Anniversary Edition. You can get it real cheap now, but you don't get the special little trains that come with the 15th. Uh, anniversary edition. And if you're a Ticket to Ride fan, you had to do it. So there you go. That's number 10. Not surprised by that, just because of the awesome trains in it.
1: But Again, uh, as a game that, uh, that you could buy pretty much anywhere, it's still interesting that this uh, evergreen game is still made top 10 on the hobby online list.
0: I'm sure there were Ticket to Rides under trees everywhere this
1: Christmas. It's just that good of a game number nine is one i'm excited about arkham Horror lcg edge of the earth campaign expansion this is their new way of releasing campaigns everything's in one box you have a nice spiral bound campaign book uh so this is the new format they're going to be releasing i'm glad to see that this game is still extremely popular because i still play it and i want it to, to, to be around for a while so i was excited to see arkham Horror lcg at number nine okay so this would be right up marty's
0: alley Dungeons and Dragons, role-playing The Wild Beyond
1: the wa- Witchlight? The Wild Beyond the Witchlight? What the? The Wild Beyond the Witchlight. Yeah, it's a it's a campaign book. It's
0: a campaign book. Okay, yeah, I understand. I think about what 2021 was. Yeah, more D&D. d d caught on pretty hard in
1: 2020, so why not carry it through in 2021? Heck yeah, because you can play it online and everything like that. So so uh, no, no surprise there. Number seven was kind of a surprise. The solo game Under Falling Skies. I have this, but have never played it. Now I'm more interested in playing it. Obviously, solo games are going to be a big deal. Uh, with the, with this past year, people looking for solo games to play. Under Falling Skies, I would have thought maybe it would have been like pinball. The pinball arcade, the roll and write game. Yeah, uh, uh, Jeff, Kids. Yeah, Jeff yeah.
0: Engelstein's game, yeah.
1: Under Falling Skies is the... Uh, Mainly the only solo only game on this list. So uh, well done. Yeah. And it's CGE
0: and it's got dice in it. So hurry up and play it. So then I can borrow it and play it. Okay. There you it's go. Got dice. All right. Oh, number six, Marty and I got this as well. Ticket to ride the play pink train set. Of course, we're going to sponsor to good cause. You know, we're going to get that Add that tour. Even if I never put Ticket to Ride out there, I'm going to put pink trains out there. I'm going to get me some pink trains and confuse people when I teach them how to play Ticket to Ride with the pink cards
1: and the pink trains. Number five is a game that people are like, this ain't going to be good. This ain't going to be good. I don't like it. I don't like what I'm saying. and end up being super hot. Number one on the BGG list for a while. Very popular. And that is from Fantasy Flight Games, Descent. Legends of the Dark, the very new version, the very new, wow, the new version of Descent coming in at number five. I wouldn't have thought this would have been as popular as it was because a lot of people are like, I don't want to play a game with an app, but no, it's very popular.
0: Everything is done with an app. Why would anybody say this? I don't understand why anybody would say they don't want to play it with an app. You do everything with an app today. You know, True. I, I mean, come on. Number four, everybody listened to Marty, went out and bought this game. It was his game of the year. Lost Ruins of Arnak. So number four, imagine that. If you can get a copy, you better jump on it before it sells out again.
1: And I think it's probably because it was my game of the year. It's probably mm-hmm. why it was number four in Miniature Market, don't you think? It's probably because of me that I helped move that many copies of Lost Ruins of Arnak.
0: I agree. Our review on Miniature Market <laughs> right there on that page, they heard it. <laughs> they were like, oh, yeah, I completely agree with you. So we're going to go ahead and make that number four. I'm kidding, y'all. I can understand why I didn't make it to the top because there's some pretty stout ones here at the top.
1: Coming in at number three. Well, fancy flights all over this list. Marvel champions, LCG, the galaxy's most wanted expansion. I am currently playing that right now. We are one scenario away from finishing that game up. Marvel, uh, LCG is still going very strong. It helps when you got the movies coming out and everything like that. So, uh, yeah, fancy flight again. Well, Marty and I talk a lot about
0: Cosmos and number two on here is a follow-up to their original. This one's The Crew, Mission Deep Sea. I have yet to get this expansion. I haven't made it through the original The Crew. So not till I get through that will I make it to the deep sea. But that was number two. The original crew was hot. So it does not surprise me that this one isn't on the list somewhere. But number two, that's pretty solid for it.
1: Now, what I am surprised at, number one, Marvel's LCG. The Star Lord and Scarlet Witch hero packs. Uh, several hero packs came out this year, but it seems like these two were the most popular. I guess a lot of people were buying those for uh, the Galaxy's Most Wanted expansion, Star Lord, to be in there. And Scarlet Witch was big on uh, WandaVision from last year. So maybe that got a lot of people into buying her. So, yeah, again, uh, that's two Marvel LCG products on the top 10 Arkham Har LCG and Descent, all from Fantasy Flight Games. So, Uh, kudos to them now, Tony, were there any that were surprised you not on this list? I will say for me, it was Dune, the deck building game Mm -hmm. that was extremely popular. I'm surprised that wasn't in the top 10 lost of ruins. Arnak was,
0: yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Dune is, you know, the movie along those lines Mm -hmm. and I can see with, uh, even I know it'd be kind of late in the season, but I'm surprised that, you know, something along the Spider-Man didn't shoot up the list real hard, real fast, real quick. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um because a lot of you know the pop culture drives a lot of what we buy so something like that could have led to it no not really i mean i'm I'm trying to think back was there anything that just was amazing that people should have been jumping all all over but a lot of it yeah the expansions adding to their continued collection of these games Yep. Not
1: surprised. So it's telling me, a lot of these are like, well, I already played this existing game, so I want to continue playing it and buying even more. So big thanks to Miniature Market for providing us their top 10 games of 2021. What will be uh, top 10 in 2022? I guess we'll find out one year.
0: Keeping to our pledge of shortening this up, which I don't think we did, guess what? We'll try again. We got. <laughs>
1: 26 episodes to try to get short. To be fair, we did take a break, so we had a lot to kind of catch up on. Yes, we did.
0: We did, and we had to go over the survey. and We had to talk about some games because we we're a board gaming podcast. But we've got something big coming up. We have our virtual Rolling Dice and Taking Names con that is coming up in January.
1: January 15th. That's a Saturday. Mm-hmm. I better put it on my calendar. We have had a lot of people on our Discord channel saying it'd be kind of cool within this community to kind of hang out one day, just pick a day, hang out. We'll play some games on Tabletopia, TTS, BGA, whatever. We've got uh, Ben, who's our event coordinator for the Discord channel, who's going to be throwing up. We're, We're trying to decide what... We want to use to schedule games. I know there's some really nice tools out there. We think we're just going to make, keep it simple and a Google spreadsheet, a Google Word doc, or something like that. We're just going to pick some uh, games that people are willing. To, uh, some people are going to be willing to teach, and then we'll sit in on Tabletopia, TTS teach the game, get together, play some stuff. Tony and I are going to do some live streaming. I know one thing that we're going to do that he has agreed to. We talked about you know we do the taste test. We got the taste buds things going on. He and I are going to take the Jelly Belly Hot Pepper Challenge, where we're each going to get a package of the hot Jelly Belly peppered flavor candies. I think it goes up to Ghost Pepper or Ghost Reaper or something like that. And we're going to uh, live try those online, just see how hot they are.
0: Dumbest decision I've ever made.
1: (laughs) We'll see. Well, maybe it's not that bad. Man, man, we'll see. We'll see. I got to get those ordered up.
0: So I've been watching hot ones on YouTube. Yeah. Some of that is, I've I, I never watched them. Isn't that good? It's a good show, it, isn't it? It, it is. It's some excellent questions he asked. And I watched the one um, with, uh, oh God, guy who plays Spider-Man. What's his name? Uh, Tom guy.
1: Holland. Tom Holland. I watched that mm-hmm. one. The
0: season ending, that one was excellent. That one was funny.
1: Tom Holland's hilarious. To me, Sean Evans, the guy who's the host of that show, is one of the best interviewers ever. Yeah, I know he has a crack team to to give him questions to ask, but he is just Johnny on the spot. You got to be really able to do improv mm-hmm. acting with with the heat and everything that people are going through, and him just hanging right in there with them, and getting through it. He does a good job.
0: Yeah, I watched the Alton Brown and the Selma Hayek ones today, and I was yeah, like, those are. Alton Brown, <laughs> man, cracks me up.
1: <laughs> oh, you want to watch a funny one? Go watch a Gordon uh, what's Ramsey? His name? Ramsey. Yes. Oh, my gosh. It's from a couple years ago. It is so funny. Oh, it's so good.
0: When these food critics get on it and then, you know, like, well, Salma Hayek from, I think she was talking about Mexico where this is not hot. This is nothing. Mm-hmm. When are you bringing some heat here?
1: It's been a while since I've seen Alton Brown's. Didn't he kind of diss a lot of them? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what's this? This sucks. I'm dang. (laughs) So, anyway, uh, RDTN con January 15th. What you want to do is make sure to join our Discord channel because all events and everything will be uh set up there. We're trying to get some guests on. In fact, Ignacy has said he's going to come on and run a game and and be a part of that. I'm going to reach out to a few other people to see if they want to come on and host some events or something like that. It's just an afternoon. Eastern time, we're looking at like, I don't know, it was like uh, 12 to 10, something like that, Eastern time. Just come, hang out. Again, you could just sign up to sit in on the game. They'll set up links for Tabletopia, uh, TTS, whatever, to teach games, play games, hang out. We're still in the planning stages, but at least we wanted to get this announced because this is the episode before uh, that one, I know that I, I'm I don't want to put anybody on the spot, but I know there's some people in our discord channel that loves to run werewolf games. so maybe uh, that night we can get uh, somebody to run a werewolf game and maybe we can stream that that would be fun to do too. So there's several things that we can do again, it's just a time to chill, hang out, have some fun. Maybe I should
0: not run it but be in one and see how quickly I can get eliminated
1: <laughs> uh, again. Discord channel. Go to our website, RollDiceTakeNames.com. Click on the Discord link, which will take give you an invite directly to the channel. Uh, I have a goal this year, Tony. I'd love to get fi- at least 500 members in the channel. Uh, we are over 300 right now, so I don't know if that's ambitious or not, but I'd love to see over 500 by the end of 2022. That'd be great.
0: I was going to say, we got, uh, what, you got 400 to go? i was, no. You surprised me with that. Wow. No. I know I don't pay attention to this. No, you
1: I don't. don't. Uh, we got such a great community in there, and Tony chimes in like every two weeks and go, Hey, how's it going?
0: I'll do. I i have you know I've posted at least four times over the holidays. <laughs> Thank you very That's much. Fair. That's Especially fair. Especially in the grumpy channel, the official grumpy channel.
1: Yeah, we do have an official uh, grumpy channel. Like one of the things we just did, we just got through Whamageddon. We had a bunch of people trying to go through Whamageddon together. Uh, one of the things I'm actually pitching to is maybe doing a, um, I had reached out to see if anybody would be interested in doing a live, not a live viewing a watching of cowboy bebop the anime there's some people who watched the netflix version and said they had never seen the anime so i throw it out there if anybody wanted to get together and watch five or six episodes a week and then get together and just discuss this five or six episodes you watch i'd be willing to do that so if that's something you're interested in come and join us on the uh, channel there too and the last thing before we get out of here is uh, there was some big news from uh, one of our sponsors tony yes there was miniature market
0: was bought by Day. Didn't see that coming. Didn't know anything about that. We all found out at the same time. A lot of spin, a lot of stuff discussed, but overall for us, we reached out to them once we heard about it and they said, 2020, it's like 2021, just keep on plugging. And we were like, okay, we can definitely do that. There's really not a lot to say about this. They're they're going to get you your games. They They have not stopped getting you games.
1: From what I understand, uh, this is from the press release, okay? We're just going off the press release, is that this is not recent. This was done at some time ago, mm-hmm. and none of us have noticed any change at all in operations at all. As of right now, everything operates exactly as it did. The marketing department has told us, hey, we love you guys. We love working with you guys. We're going to continue that in 2022. So that's where we stand today with our relationship with the Miniature Market. But as far as the website itself and how it operates, everything looks exactly the same. By 2023, that could totally change, right? We we don't know. We can't predict the future. But as of right now, we know of nothing that's going to change. And we have an open invite to the president of Miniature Market to come on anytime he wants when he's ready to talk about it. We did talk to him and he said, the only things I can say right now is what's in the press release. But if more information becomes available in the future, he said he would be willing to come on and share it at that time. So there you go. That's
0: all we got. I mean, unless you start seeing something decrease in service, why not? I mean, they get the games to you pretty darn fast.
1: For three months, I never had an issue. I placed an order the week before Christmas, and I had it within three days. And I know they were pretty—they were swamped, and they still got to me in three days. So, again, they've been really good to us. And uh, a lot of people have been having a lot of negative attitude. Well, that's the last time I buy anything from Miniature Market. Why? I mean, seriously, it. Are you really at that point to where you'll say, I will never buy another game from Asmodee because you are going to be out of a lot of stuff from Asmodee. Everything's under their umbrella now. Look, I'm not saying I'm I'm a big corporate guy. I'm, I'm not. But if you're going to take that stand, I'm not going to buy anything from Miniature Market. Then you better never buy anything from Fantasy Flight or Days of Wonder. And the list goes on, Tony. But it's your choice. Hey, if you don't yeah.
0: want to, that's a, I'm sure Amazon's going to do something to upset some people. You're not going to buy anything. By the way, guess what? Are you not going to use any of the website services because that's a big thing? Because you know when their Amazon, when the website service went down by Amazon, it took out a lot of people.
1: Look, I'm not a big fan of big companies having fingers and everything either. I'm not, but it's really hard to do a boycott now <laughs> unless you're like like you said, Tony. How many how many places use AWS, the Amazon Web Services? And like, well, you're going to be cutting cutting out a lot of. I mean, some shoot some of the sites you use, or maybe you are your own are run on AWS. Our company runs a website on AWS uh, that I work for. So right.
0: So if they ever say, "Oh, I'm gonna boycott them," well, go go for it. You do. You do. You. It's 2022. You be you.
1: Do. This was a tangent. I'm just saying. I've seen a lot of negative things said, but yeah. to me, nothing has changed. If things drastically changed, and the only thing you saw on Miniature Markets website was only Asmodee games. Okay, there could yes. be an issue, but that's not the case right now.
0: That's not where they make their money. No. We know that. Mm-mm. Matter of fact, it might, who knows, at the end, help. Yeah. As a
1: clearinghouse for them. Who knows? This is, Asmodee's trying to get in everything. And this is the next vertical that they're getting into. They do the publishing. They've bought into distribution. The next part on that vertical market is retail.
0: And once again, vertical monopolies are allowed. Horizontal monopolies are not allowed. Oh, I like that. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can't. Yeah. If you control the market, if you can only get coal from one coal supplier, that's a, that's a horizontal monopoly. You cannot have that.
1: If I remember my economics correctly, that's <laughs> <laughs> going back a very long time. All right. Well, Tony, looking at the. Okay. Yeah. So we were over hour 30, but not, 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 not too bad, hopefully.
0: That's right. So I've got to go out there and entertain a little puppy dog and Marty probably needs to go do something fun. I don't know what you're, what are you doing to to finish out? Well, here's the thing.
1: Weird, weird weather here in North Carolina today. It's sunny and 75 degrees. So I'm actually getting ready to go on a run.
0: Oh, sometimes shoot. We're already going to go over because of this. I got a new hobby for 2022. Talk to me. Orienteering. Orienteering. Map reading with a compass. Oh, cool. Yeah. So the, the Carolina's orienteering club is starting back up and we went orienteering at McDowell park and there are various mm-hmm. poles in the park. You get a map and the only thing you can use is a map and a compass and you have to go find these markers and you have a certain amount of time to do it in. There was a blast getting off the trails, hiking through the woods. It was a freaking blast. So guess what? 2022 people going to hear me talking about orienteering. Until I break my leg, I could just use GPS and get there a lot quicker. They don't have the GPS coordinates.
1: Aha! Oh, I could. You could use Google Earth to get a map of the location, then look at the map and correspond where on the map on the Google map that is and go that way. Oh my God, I gotta get you a- Drop a pin in that point on the location on the map, and the map will just point you, and the phone just point you right to it.
0: Oh, you're, you're killing me.
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> you, just- like
0: there's got to be an easier way. There is. <laughs> there is, but that's not the fun. The fun is oh, taking it back, taking it back to the roots, taking
1: it back. No, I, oh. I agree. That does sound, that does sound interesting. I'm yeah, ta-
0: I'm to take you out in the woods. That, 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 that does sound interesting. Yeah, two go out, one comes back. That's a throwback <laughs> for a Looney Tunes cartoon. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so with that, keep rolling dice and taking
1: names. Hey y'all, thanks for listening. Remember to join our Discord channel for all the details on RDTN con. Plus, we just have lots of fun chatting and everything there. If you want to, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at DysonNames. We're looking forward to a great 2022. Yeah, so so Tony, seriously, this scrub day. I've I've never seen anything like this before. I mean it's crazy. It's it's cheap and 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 it cleans everything and it's so cute. It's like cute little yellow. Oh, crap. Tony, I, I mean, I feel like like in Tabanusa, I really should have spent some more time talking about each of the individual districts and how the different resources actually work. Because I totally forgot to mention about when you place things on the board that you can actually get bonuses and you remove buildings from your board. You can also get bonuses for that. like you can get additional resources. Oh, my gosh. I totally forgot. I. I, for the first time ever, I watched the movie Akira with my boys, which is like an anime movie that came out in 19, in the 1980s.
0: Man, I really like this thing. It works like a champ. I can't wait to use this in 2022.